Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> the plan was to uh, be nomads. I mean, like, I wish it was more complicated or there was actually more strategic planning, but we wanted to just be able to explore this beautiful country and the national parks especially trial by error and that trial by error was really rough in the beginning last year brad and matt kerouac gave up their very comfortable and very secure lives to live as nomads in an rv no bigger than most people's bathrooms it's been tough like it's been really really hard and we've had to dig deep and see if we really want to be together There's no doubt about it that living this lifestyle will challenge you in every single direction of your life. Yes. And it's like kind of horrifying, but also just like the most exciting, thrilling thing ever. I definitely feel that we've had in the RV, like our highest highs for sure, best memories and also like our lowest lows. So it's like all the extremes crammed to like a 26 foot trailer. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. Matt and Brad have been together for four years now, and they've spent the better part of the last year traversing the country in their RV. But before all that, they met on Tinder. And this was, I think, both of our first times actually, like, using Tinder felt like an actual possibility, as opposed to, like, all these other Tinder matches or non-matches where you're just like, meh. Probably went back and forth and talked for a couple weeks, I would say, before meeting. Yeah, because I was just busy wrapping up my activism for marriage equality in Illinois, which I said I'd never get married. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) well, here we are today. But yeah, no, I think it's just one of those crazy instances where we both weren't expecting anything out of Tinder. And we both just downloaded the app. You know, we really only talked to each other. 
Brad came to meet me at my loft I was currently renting in Chicago. He was living in the suburbs at the time, so probably like 40 minutes away. And it's kind of miraculous that we even matched because I don't know like what my geographic range was on Tinder, but I don't think it, <laughs> it allotted for suburbs. <laughs> it's um, farther than, uh, than but, we both expected. Yeah, Brad must have been in the city or something at the time where he popped up on my app. Yeah, I was, wa- I was, I was like happy and I was like, mm-hmm. I was so, I don't know. It was just, it was a different feeling. They went to this cute little dessert shop in an area of Chicago known as the Ukrainian Village, Black Dog Gelato. They took a walk. Matt gave Brad an adorable nickname. Matt said, you know what? I'm going to call you Basil because the first ice cream we ate together was Basil. And so we kind of bonded over food really quick. And it also got serious really quick. I basically moved in right away. It felt right. It absolutely did. Although looking back in retrospect, I'm like, wow, that's a lot faster than the average. But for us, it really worked. We got engaged, like, I think literally three months after we met. And the funny part about that is one of my, uh, our friends, uh, she said, you guys are just a bunch of lesbians. You got, <laughs> you moved in, you have two dogs. For lesbians, it's cats. But it was, you know, those stereotypes. She was just making that funny joke and kind of resonated. <laughs> we got married, I think it was nine months after the engagement. One year to the day that yeah, we met. Yeah, right, pretty much exactly one year to the day. And it was Labor Day weekend. We got married at Brad's cousin's house in the suburbs of Chicago in this town called Warrenville. The whole wedding was like super personal and had all these little intimate touches. Like not only was the location special for us, but all the food was special. The people who made our cake, Dave and Megan Miller, own this place in Chicago called Baker Miller. They made us a special kind of tiered bunt cake, which was so delicious. And I it just wonder. I think it had been. Was it banana? Yes. I yeah. Think banana plum. Banana plum. Amazing. Yeah. And then we also had, of course, black dog gelato. Location of our first date. They were there with this little vintage-looking ice cream cart thing that they would push around the yard. We had sparklers instead of flowers in the middle of the table. We, it was everything with sparklers because it was all outside themed, and it was just. It was a really yes. magical, fun, easygoing night. <laughs> it was. A, it was a fun. Very wedding. good. After their wedding, Matt was working as a freelance food and travel writer. Brad did marketing and events for Maple Syrup Farm. They bought their adorable loft in the Ukrainian village neighborhood in Chicago together. And they were completely in love with it and each other. The neighborhood was homey, filled with wonderful people, coffee shops, and restaurants. It was Brad who made their apartment a real home. Before they got together, Matt was eating off paper plates with plastic forks. One of the first things Brad did was get them some proper plates, some silverware. They nested for a couple years, and they loved their nest. The problem is, both of them were on the road all the time. They hardly saw each other. We saw each other probably for two days every three weeks for the entire of 2018. It was a lot, yeah, because I was traveling a lot. I would have a lot of work trips, and then Brad would also be working and traveling for the... I was on the maple trail. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So it just got to the point where, like, we needed to make some adjustments, serious adjustments, so that we can see each other on a more regular basis. 
Everything started to change when Matt visited the Badlands in South Dakota for a story. He fell obsessed with national parks. I became obsessed with them kind of overnight. I just became infatuated and it triggered this like curiosity where I wanted to learn more about national parks, visit more national parks. Not only was I personally obsessed with them and wanting to visit them, but as a travel writer, I was able to write more about national parks. And then since 2016, I've kind of pivoted more towards that, focusing on writing about nature and national parks. But writing about national parks would mean even more time apart for the new couple. The answer, the only answer as they saw it, was for them to travel together. And to travel together, that meant they had to become nomads. I just said, Matt, let's look into getting an RV. And he started thinking about it. We started talking about it. Since I work remotely and I can be anywhere, there was really no reason why the RV wouldn't work. And the RV thing is like kind of this Americana dream that a lot of people have, including me. Like I had been on an RV trip with my family when I was 11 or 12 or something and remember it. Probably is one of my favorite vacations ever. About 20 days later, I'm looking at RVs. 30 days later, I'm buying an RV and Matt's like freaking out because I'm like, oh, yeah, we need to each put down three grand because we keep our finances separate. Everything is 50 percent. So that way it's very equal within our relationship. And Matt's money's Matt's money and my money's mine. But we share in the journey together. During that time, he's like, like three grand, what? He goes, you told me it was going to be zero down. I'm like, yeah, but then this financing and blah, 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 blah. And it was just one of those fun parts where the dynamics kind of shifted. They had hoped they could Airbnb their loft, but that was against the HOA rules. So they ended up having to sell it. Fast. I was in Chicago for two weeks, completely flipped the house. It was a crazy whirlwind of a time to get that on the market so quick but you know we did it yeah we did it and unfortunately when we put on the market it was november so then you have thanksgiving you have christmas then chicago is going through one of the worst winters ever then you have government shutdown it took us six months to sell it in a market that takes 30 days and so that was really difficult and very strenuous not only on financial but our interpersonal relationship because of how we handle finances. So there was times where I actually had to borrow money from Matt because it just drained me. It created these little moments of panic, like, oh my gosh, did we make a huge mistake? Because we were, that was like, that loft was like our dream home in like the perfect neighborhood with the perfect neighbors, surrounded by all of our favorite restaurants and coffee shops and friends living close by. So that was stressful for sure. We ended up getting it figured out though as a team. It all worked out. Time for a quick break. When we get back... Brad and Matt hit the road. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt 
to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Brad and Matt had just given up their idyllic little life in their favorite neighborhood in Chicago to essentially live in a van and drive around the country. I had to know if that sparked a moment of complete and utter terror. Yeah, there's the ups and the downs of the road, and that's really the dynamic that is most intriguing. Um, it's you know not about the destination, it's about the journey, and just seeing that and finding that and trying to understand it where you're at is really important. At first, their schedule was dominated by Brad's schedule working on maple syrup events. And in between those, they tried to find ways to fit in Matt's travel writing, particularly his writing about all of the country's national parks, all 61 of the country's national parks. And even though it sounded like they were living the dream, there was an adjustment period. The first few weeks. Well, yeah, they were definitely emotional. The plan was to uh, be nomads. I mean, like, I wish it was uh, more complicated or there was actually more strategic planning, but we wanted to just be able to explore this beautiful country and the national parks especially. Or do Trial by especially. error. Yeah. And that trial by error was really rough in the beginning. I remember at one point I forgot to close my black tank, which if you don't know what a black tank is, that is where your bodily waste is stored. And I went to go plug in our hose. And as I take this cap off, I just get showered in nastiness. <laughs> and I ended up throwing away all those clothes. Don't worry. But I also took like a hour shower because it was just not the prettiest sight ever. That was embarrassing. So that was one of our first lessons of RV ownership is to make sure yeah. that your tanks are closed before you try to hook them up to dump them. Well, there's been a lot of like kind of jarring moments or learning lessons, especially in the first few months, because living in Chicago in the loft, we had all these kind of comforts and amenities. And then so much of that was removed and confined to such a small space. And for me, like laundry was a big thing. Like I'm used to having in-unit laundry. I've had that for almost the entire time I lived in Chicago. Now we carry $20 and quarters with us everywhere. Yeah, I think, yeah, that I was not accustomed to at all. So that's been like kind of something to adapt to or how about when we were in the everglades oh we get down to the everglades it's our first like big trip big Um, national parks yeah thing yeah huge national park and we get down to the flamingo campground and because of hurricane irma their towers were wiped out so there was no verizon there was no sprint there was no at&t there was no t-mobile there was no wi-fi nothing and it was going to be a working trip where we kind of did a little bit of both and so I started, I have a meltdown because I'm like, I have to get work done. It's like, this is the time where I have to apply to all these events for, you know, the summer months and like there's deadlines. And uh, so I was really stressed out. And I think I even yelled at Matt, which was my outlet. And that was not appropriate. Adjusting to stuff like that is tough and strenuous. Initially, in the first weeks of getting the RV, we had this Wi-Fi hotspot thing that we bought 
to supposedly help a service, but it's basically useless. Yeah. I just pay like $60 a month for nothing. And <laughs> it's a true story. Stuff like that. Like there's so many things. And like inevitably we compare the RV to our loft in Chicago. And there's so many elements of it that are hard and really jumped out immediately. And we're like, wow, how are we going to deal with this? But we've gotten comfortable with it and made it work. And now it's very cozy. And we're not regularly in situations like the Everglades where we're unexpectedly without access to Wi-Fi or service. So aside from gigantic issues like that, that catch us off guard, it's mostly been smooth or smoother as we've gone along. Even though there's these little things that stress us out, the pros far outweigh the cons. And being able to visit all these wonderful, beautiful places, it's it's just so much easier than like being rooted somewhere and having to coordinate airfare and rental cars and lodging and all all these logistics. It's all kind of combined into one. I can't even count the amount of times that friends and relatives or just strangers we meet have told us that like, oh, that's such a dream. Like, I would love to be able to do that. So, and then we're able to save more. I mean, and we save a lot more. Like yeah, the RV payment is probably a thousand like less than what we were what? playing in Chicago. It's like yeah, it's with fuel and hookups and, and none of those annoying bills. Yeah. And, and then if you think about it, like our weekends, we're doing what people do a whole vacation around. So mm-hmm. when you talk about those pros and cons, and even if we were paying the same exact amount, it would still be worth it because of how much we get to enjoy and explore the United States and the people. Most of the people Brad and Matt have met on the road have been absolutely wonderful. But there have been some surprises too, and not always welcome ones. As two openly gay married men in Chicago, Matt and Brad never thought twice about showing affection in public, holding hands, kissing, the things couples do without even thinking about them. But traveling through different parts of the country has made them more cautious. We're going through these areas that are more heavily um, conservative. And so... Way outside our comfort zone, yeah. Kind of gets scary sometimes. And that's, uh, you know, we were in a conservative state just a couple months ago. And Matt got called the F word as he was walking. And I wasn't around. I had never been called, like, a homophobic slur before. And it's very rattling. And I remember, like, I didn't even say anything. I was just walking by, like, quietly walking by these 17-year-olds or whatever. And the fact that they, like, so brazenly would just say something like that was very upsetting. And, like, I just wanted to, like, go to the RV and just, like, cry or something. It's very distressing. And I'm aware that this exists. So, unfortunately, I'm not super surprised by it necessarily or shocked. It's just hard to hear. When I was told that later, it it scared me because we have to be careful when we're traveling. Even though it's 2019, almost 2020, people are not always accepting still. And for myself, I come more off as, uh, I'll air quotes, straight looking. Not that I'm proud of that, it's just that's what it is. And so I don't really have those. Where Matt has more loud clothing and more eccentric tastes, and so people try to pick that up, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a scary thing when you're talking about where you're traveling to. I certainly don't want like fear to dictate how I present myself or how I act, whether I'm alone or with Brad. Like that's a very depressing reality if 
that were to be the case. So I'm trying to like find some sort of comfortable middle ground where I don't feel scared. I don't want to walk around feeling like on edge or anything, but I also don't want to gloss over like who I am and what makes me feel natural. In Chicago, that doesn't cross my mind at all. It's so normal. And I lived there for more than 12 years and never felt uncomfortable, never felt unsafe. Then suddenly we're going through states and smaller cities that aren't the same at all. And I kind of feel like a fish out of water a little bit. I'm definitely more mindful of that. And it's like a topic that I'm thinking about. You know, it's it's kind of a, a sad thing, but it is what it is. And I just have to be cautious of that. Because it kind of affects our own relationship sometimes. You know, we got into an argument about it. And I served during Don't Ask, Don't Tell in the Marines. And I was outed my last couple months. So I know where Matt, what he goes through. And we went out to dinner one night. He turned his cheek instead of kissing me on the lips. And I don't blame him. And it's something that I have to be conscious about as well. So that's the hard part about traveling. And sometimes you're in these small towns and it's scary. Then there's other small towns like Pinedale, Wyoming, where people are so loving and so caring and really amazing people. I actually met this gal, Tracy, and she uh, was helping me at an event there. I had some RV trouble with my generator or our generator. She goes, oh, well, here, let's go here because I had to send out some shipments and she took me to where they can send out shipments. And then I had to go to her husband's body shop that he works at. And they all came out and they helped like work on the generator. Yeah, we have a lot of stereotypes out there and some of them are true, but then there's also those gems within every city. And in that same city, we went over to a friend of ours, friend's house, and we had probably the best brisket. They had a barbecue marinara sauce that was just so perfect. You know, if it actually made me feel like I was in Chicago sitting on a rooftop deck. And so like that to me was really amazing because just a few days after that incident, we're having the best conversation and food and quality time together. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Time for a quick break. Be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter over the influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Matt and Brad have been on the road for about a year now. We have a little map on the back of our RV where we could stick how many 
states we've been into in the RV, and I think we're at like 26 states in the last 10 months. So we do things pretty fast. So far, they've been to 25 national parks together. It's a little over a third of the way through all of them. I feel like some of our favorite memories and adventures are at national parks, because that's what these places are. They're just like pure, immersive adventure, and it's been really fun. When we submerge ourselves into national parks, I mean, it it can go it can go haywire, you know. Um, I remember we were driving through Yellowstone just a couple months ago, and we're driving, we're driving, and all of a sudden, all these cars are every which way on the road, and it's just like, I mean, people just went nuts. Like, they didn't know how to drive anymore. And then I'm like, that must be a bear. <laughs> so we pull over correctly, may I add, and that... Um, we're looking, and there's this beautiful brown grizzly bear. And that was right off by Mammoth Hot Springs. Um, yeah. And, you know, so when you're in this, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was actually reading an article the other day, and they said uh, some tourist was complaining. He goes, you need to train your bears better. <laughs> well, um, spoiler alert, but they're wild. These yeah. are not trained animals at these national parks. This is the true wild, and that's what we're preserving, or they, the national park system, is preserving. So national parks are great for stepping outside of, like, your realm of routine and kayaking with crocodiles or going into a cave filled with bats at Carlsbad Caverns or Ooh. scuba diving or snorkeling at Biscayne National Park, which we did. And also another huge fear of mine to take a boat out into the open ocean and just jump off it. And <laughs> we did that at Biscayne, and I'm so glad we did. These are places that are good for everybody and places where people can feel welcome. And there's stuff to do for everybody, too. It's not all the same type of rigorous landscape. Like, there's plenty to do for everybody of all ages, sizes, and accessibilities. Of course, there are parts of this adventure that aren't so fun. Parts of it even seem impossible sometimes. The nomadic lifestyle can seem like a dream, especially to outsiders. But it also escalated Brad and Matt's growing pains. When you're living in this tiny vehicle together, there's no slamming the door against your problems. There's no door. It's been yeah. really, really hard, and we've had to dig deep and see if we really want to be together. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it that living this lifestyle will challenge you in every single direction of your life. Yeah, it and, pushes, yeah, it does. And so you have to be mentally strong when you do this, and you have to communicate. And if you're not a communicator, then this is probably not for you. Yeah, it's not easy. I Because I definitely feel that we've had— in the RV, like our highest highs for sure, best memories, and also like our lowest lows. So it's like all the extremes crammed into like a 26-foot trailer. Their hardest day happened in the Everglades, their first day there. Financial stresses started hitting Brad really hard. He felt like he was taking care of everything. They were only a couple months in, but... I was so stressed out. Like fin when finances are oh my gosh. hard, I that's my biggest thing. And that's probably because I didn't grow up wealthy or anything. You know, uh, I grew up just north of Detroit, nine mile in Gratiot area. You know, I didn't grow up with anything. So that's why I had to join the Marines and figure out my life for myself. 
So it's been a struggle every step of the way. And so that day in the Everglades when Brad couldn't find Wi-Fi, that translated into something bigger. It was no longer about being able to work. It wasn't about the Wi-Fi. It became about not being able to work, not being able to make money, not being able to support himself, and being scared. And it spiraled out of control. And that's what blew me up. And it was just crazy because I'm like, I just need to accomplish something. And at that point, I didn't feel accomplished in anything. It was a super stressful time. Along the way, they're learning more and more about one another. Things they probably wouldn't have found out if they'd stayed in Chicago, or at least wouldn't have found out for years. Every week, they strip a new layer away from their relationship. In the beginning, everything that we were able to hide from each other came to light. <laughs> Just everything. So there's nothing like, yeah, about habits, each other. Habits, yeah. yeah, There's nothing about each other that we don't really know anymore throughout our whole history. You know, we've really been able to dig deep and share our deepest and darkest or be most beautiful oh, yeah, secrets. True. And yeah. our old saying was, you know, quality time together is really important. Mm-hmm. And now, now that we're in the RV, quality time alone is super important as well. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to find out now is this balance. Because Matt's super high energy where he just wants to go, go, go. I am as well. But our goals are different. I'm go, go, go for business. And then when it's relaxation, I just want to sit back, crack open a beer, and have a bonfire. I'm very solitary. It's very quiet. Usually just working literally by myself, either in the RV or even if I'm like surrounded by people at a coffee shop, I'm still a very solitary thing that I'm doing. So when I'm not doing that, I like to just kind of do stuff and be very active, whether I'm hiking or kayaking or just bar hopping, whatever. <laughs> like, I just like to always be doing stuff and moving and energized. But I think for me, the most noticeable thing, and this is a huge positive of living in the RV, is it's really helped our communication. It helps your communication because it forces you to communicate more often. Like, you can't, there's nowhere you can get, you can't storm off and slam a door. Like, you're just in close quarters. So if you have an argument or you're annoyed about something, like, you're forced to address it right away. You can't storm off and and stew on it or anything like that. Well, you can passive-aggressively storm off in national parks. Yeah, when we're outdoors, (laughs) we have plenty of space to do that. Even though those moments could be super uncomfortable, obviously, like, I prefer to be able to storm off and slam a door, but I can't do that. So it's nice. And that's one thing that we've learned is it's really not about slamming the door. It's about, like... When we are about to get into an argument, we separate ourselves. We go for a walk, one of us or the other, or we both go for a walk and come back because you just, you don't have the space. And when you're in that space and that's where the argument starts, you almost want to remove yourself from that space, walk, and then like finish that conversation outside so Mm -hmm. that we're in a different space. And so we've really learned how to balance each other in those respects. Not saying that, you know, just like every couple, You know, it's all about this reoccurring balance of your relationship and figuring it out. And so in this space, it's so small that it's very difficult to feel clear-headed. So we have to remove ourselves from that. It's really magnified for me, like my issues or things that I do that are rude or unhelpful and 
stuff like that where I'm like, oh, yeah, like I should be doing more. <laughs> or I should put my like underwear and socks in the laundry basket when I'm done with them, not on the floor because <laughs> it takes up half the floor. <laughs> yeah. No. So these little things like we just communicated about more readily and more openly. And it's ultimately been very good. I feel we've adapted to it and grown as a couple so much in the past 10 months. Like we've grown together in the past 10 months, years worth of time. It feels like it's, yeah. it's been incredible. Our relationship is definitely better at this point. And that's just because of how we've learned to interact with each other. Before, we were so busy that it really wasn't, we weren't connecting as much and we were starting to drift apart. And that's when we decided that we needed to make a change. And this change was the change that we wanted to make to make it happen. Yeah. Now, if we went back to how it used to be, we'd be much stronger because of what we've learned about each other and now that what we know about each other. So if we went back to our same exact lifestyle, knowing what we know now, we would be stronger than we were before this. We pinch ourselves quite often because we know how lucky and blessed we are because there's some people that would never be able to do this, have this opportunity. and Matt have turned their adventures in the road into a podcast for iHeartMedia. It's called Parklandia, and it documents their life on the road, the good, the bad, sometimes the ugly. Here's a short clip. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Brad. This is Parklandia. We packed up our loft in Chicago, moved into an RV with our dog Finn, and now we're traveling the country full-time visiting America's national parks. Thanks for listening. As I've told everyone before, I married a psycho, yeah. but, but at least you're my psycho. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was definitely have a psych- having a psychotic moment out there in the desert, um, swearing into the wind as if that would help. Don't get me wrong, like the views were spectacular, especially as the trail winds along the base of this gigantic rock face. This thing looms so large, jutting directly up out of the desert floor like a massive sheer cliff. The terrain is mostly dry sand and rocks, but it's all dotted with small greenery, like little cacti and shrubs, and these spiky-looking mezcal plants. I love me some mezcal. Same. That that almost that made things worse because while I was out there suffering, it just made me thirsty for mezcal cocktails. That would really help me out. I needed a drink after this trail. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Brad and Matt Kerouac. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Ramsey Young. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Klang. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. 
or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.